Really good to see you. Welcome. Um, so, I wonder whether um, any of you have ever been to an all-you-can-eat Chinese. Yeah, come on, fess up. Uh, we, when we were living in Torquay, we had uh, both the joy and the burden, the pain, of living within about 20 metres, maybe 30 metres, of the local all-you-can-eat Chinese, uh, which they did on an industrial scale. Um, uh, you know, and I learned my techniques for how to do this kind of place well from my father. Um, when I was a student, he took me out to Garfunkel's. Anyone remember Garfunkel's? And I think they're still around. Uh, but there used to be a salad bar in Garfunkel's, and you could have all you would like. But the bowls for which you would take all you would like were quite small. Do you remember that? Yeah? So my dad, when I was first a student, taught me the technique of stacking the lettuce leaves around the edge. Yeah, so you can get more in. I think, you know, really this is just a bid so that you, you, you don't have to get as much exercise getting up from your chair to the salad bar, um, cause otherwise you might burn excess calories or something. I'm, I'm not quite sure how that works. But anyway, the all you can eat Chinese, I, I don't know whether you've got a strategy. Have you got a strategy when you go there or not? Well, I'll share mine with you. Uh, mine is simply that you, that you have to take individual courses uh, in order to pace yourselves and get through. So there's a, there's a beef and black bean course. I usually have two of those. Uh, there's a, you know, there's a fish course, you know, just the prawns. There's a kind of, there's a spicy chicken course. Uh, you know, poultry even, you might want to broaden it out a little bit. Uh, and what you've absolutely got to do is hold off all forms of carbohydrates until the very last course. Otherwise you just fill yourself up too early on and, and then, you know, you're just not getting value for money. Um, but of course, it comes with a cost. And the cost is three o'clock in the morning when the monosodium glutamate kicks in and you're kind of, what is happening to my body? I mean, if you haven't tried it, I just go for it. Tuck on in. I, I can't recommend it. Um, it is possible to be too full and to be too full of the wrong things. We live in a culture that promotes grabbing as much as you can and filling yourself up to overflowing with food and with stuff at the same time as promoting perfectly thin, beautifully tanned bodies. Is there a disconnect there? You know, as far as I can tell, you know, all you can eat Chinese is not the way to a bodybuilder's body, as you know, as, as last time I checked. But it's not just about our bodies, it's about our minds. You see, we live in this world where there is endless information. More than any of us could possibly digest in a lifetime. But we don't need more information. What we need is more revelation. We need to know who God is, and we need to know who we are. You see, we live in a culture that is all about I. 
All about I am. Putting me right at the centre of the world. And if you wanted two phrases that define this culture, they both begin with I. The first one is, I say who I say I am. I say who I say I am. It's attached to a whole lot of gender politics. And the second one is, I can do what I want with who I want. I am who I say I am, and I can do what I want with who I want. I am who I say I am, and I can do what I want with who I want. But this is not what the Word of God says. What the Word of God says is that we are not the center of our worlds, but that we are the kind of people who meet with the great I am. And we hear his invitation, love the Lord your God. You see, love the Lord your God doesn't begin with me begins with him and who he says he is. He goes on and invites us to look beyond ourselves, to love our neighbours as ourselves. We are a community who worship the great I am. Not ourselves, but the King of Kings. The Lord of heaven and earth. And so we come to the reading today and we, and we, we dive in at the point where Jesus has fed thousands of people with bread. And so the conversation is all about bread. He's fed the 5,000 and they want something like the manna in the wilderness. They, they're looking for God's provision for them. But they're not really looking to what Jesus is looking at. They're looking to have their bellies filled. To have their immediate needs met. But Jesus is talking about something completely different. A transformational event in history. The bread of heaven comes to earth. The bread in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is really significant because it symbolizes the presence of God. The bread has come down from heaven, has been made into a person and is broken for us so that we can reconnect with God the Father. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am the bread, the broken bread. The one who makes that possible. And so my question for you this morning is, what are you feeding on? What are you feeding on? It might be that, you know, you've got a, you know, I have to tweak this talk slightly for the nine o'clock versus the eleven o'clock. Uh, and I, 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 I kind of guess that most of the nine o'clockers don't have Instagram. I wouldn't know where to start with. Come on, fess up. Have it, who, who's got Instagram? Here's a, here's a few of you. 
Some of you know what it is. I mean, some of the rest of us don't even know what it is. My, oh, I put it up there, you know. What, what, how, what are you feeding yourself? It doesn't matter whether it's the sources, social media, or the BBC website, or the Daily Telegraph. You know, we live in this world where the news is increasingly fear-based and self-based. It's all about me and what I can get and who I can sleep with and how much wealth I can accumulate. And I'm going to be very fearful as I build my castle in case anyone else comes over the walls. Fear-based and self-based. Just think about what's in your diet. What you feed yourself week on week. What Jesus says is, do not work for food that will spoil. And the next question will what could you be feeding yourself? At the beginning of this uh, term, I outlined the really simple vision uh, for the church, that we'd be a church on the way. And, and I, I left us with these five habits to pray, to read, to join, to commit, and to give, or to live generously. Give is the, the shorthand. And, I, and I've heard from a number of you that you know, you, you've taken on a, a new habit or you've tried something new. And, and actually the thing that seemed to be most helpful for, for a number of people was, was listening to the Bible rather than just reading it. You know, if you haven't tried that yet, tr- try it. There's so many helpful tools out there. There's a load of resources on the church website to help you do this kind of stuff. But some habits to simply help you keep on, help each one of us, Keep on walking with Jesus to be feeding ourselves each day good things. What's in your toolkit? One of the key things that we have in our toolkit is worship. You know, as you look at those habits, how how do they work out for you? How do you put them in place? I know for me, I've got two go-to places. One is the Word of God and the other is worship. Uh, Well, okay, three. Thanksgiving as well. well. In fact, there's lots. But let's talk about the first two. The, the Word of God and worship. You know, for me, I, you know, I know if I'm struggling, I'll either land in Psalm 139 or I'll land in Ephesians. Because I know that I don't have to read very far in either of those places to have my spirits lifted. To be reconnected, to be able to see again the King of Kings rather than be overwhelmed by the dross and the trouble that's going on in the world. My eyes are lifted. I can see again the truth clearly. But the other one is, is worship. You know, not just here, gathered together. It's wonderful to worship together, but personally worshiping. You know, that can be as simple as kind of walking through the hills and going, oh Lord, you're, you're amazing. Or maybe getting a, you know, getting a Spotify playlist or something so that you've got some songs that you know are gonna help you. I've, I've started, I've started kind of putting all of the songs that I know are super helpful for me into one playlist that I know I can just put it on. Yeah, come on whole load of those songs at the moment coming out of, of that collective band, Ren Collective. 
Some of them are just so helpful for reorientating us onto the truth of who God is. And you know, this worship heart is what Pam has carried for us all these years. You know, I, I don't, I've never come across a church where, the, where there's someone who's been in post as a, as a paid member of the team who has served so faithfully and consistently. You know, and, and the church family is made up of, of some folks that, that kind of give their time and are, and are paid to this, and a whole bunch of others, by far the bulk of us, who, who do this in volunteer capacity, in your homes, or, you know, or cleaning the brass here, or whatever it might be, or running a group. But you know, it, it is a good thing to honour those that have served in this way. And one of the reasons why it's so important to do it with Pam is, you know, standing on the front line as a worshipper is tough. It is really tough. When the walls of Jericho needed to come, come round, come down, who did they send in? It wasn't the army. It was the worshippers. Great. I've got a good plan. Let's send the worshippers to march round the city of Jericho. What's going to happen when you march around the city of Jericho? All the people that are in Jericho are going to lob stuff at you. And when stuff's lobbed at you, it really hurts. And you know what? Pam will have taken a whole bunch of flack for us. There's a cost. And you know what, Pam? One of the things I want you to know, I didn't say it at the nine o'clock, one of the things I want you to know is you know we are not giving up on this. We are keeping on going, pressing into the heart of God to pursue what it means to be a worshipping community. We're going on even more. Okay? I hope, I hope you, you know, as we worship together, you know, the, the pews don't really help, but you know, The plans are up at the back, by the way. If you haven't seen them, please check them out. They, they don't involve a pew anywhere. I learned this week, actually, that we've got two sets of pews in this building. I don't know whether you realise that. We've got this set, and we've got the previous set on the walls. I know. I didn't find that out until this week. We've got two, blessed to have two sets of pews. I wonder how we'll recycle this lot. But anyway, that's not the point. The thing is, is before we get the pews out, some of you need to get the pews out of you. You know, we get stuck in this little wooden box and we think that's, that's not worship. I mean, it is, but it's just, you know, there's more space. Some of you, quite frankly, need to dance. And I say that as a non-dancer. I don't have a nerve ending that goes from here to... I'm getting carried away. I'm not on my notes. Um, uh, we'll get the pews out, but we need to get the pews out of you. I think that might, that might be a word for us, you know? Okay? You know, and some of you need to remember, okay, that your arms... Your arms are involved in worship too. Okay? Some of you need to start down here. Okay? Of, Lord, I'm choosing to worship you like real gently so that no one else notices. Just a bit. Some of you like, come on, Lord! Yes! And, and that'll hurt for a bit. 
Folks, if you're carrying a pew in your heart, get rid of it. Please, so that we can learn and grow and push deeper and deeper into worship together. Psalm 23 says this, and I'm drawing into land so we can worship together. In the middle of Psalm 23, and this is, it's the psalm that's you know, most often used at funerals, but actually it's a rich, rich psalm. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You know, what God has got for us is a banquet in this life, in the here and now, as well as in eternity. And the picture is that the battle has been won and the enemies are held captive around the edge of the room and the winners are having a banquet and a feast. in front of the enemy who's been bound up. You prepare a table before me, a banquet, in the presence of my enemies. So folks, what's on the table? Well, you know, the convenient thing about doing this preach and having kind of done the ones earlier on is I can tile this stuff up so neatly. Uh, here's five things that are on the table and they all fit with the five habits. So um, uh, I didn't have to kind of shoehorn them in too much. The first one is this, is that as we pray, Jesus has made the way back to the Father for us. You know, what a... What a delight that he puts himself on the table. His, his body gets broken for us and he makes the way back to the Father. The second one is that we have the potential for renewed minds. You know, if you want a renewed mind, you have to clock what you're putting in. And if you're only putting junk in, you're going to have a junky mind. That's what will happen. And folks, we've got a, you know, we've got a, we've got a messed up world where, where there's so much mental health stuff and, and, you know, if, if, if you're, if you're really struggling, then actually it might be that what you need is some great CBT or some counselling. But you know, the, the, the bit that runs up to that is fill your mind with the Word of God. Then you stand a chance of having a renewed mind. The next bit is shared journey, to be part of a small enough group that you actually walk with each other and get to know each other. If you're not in something like that, we'd love to help get you connected with a smaller group. Here we call them home groups. A new community, the church family, that you're committed to coming to one place, one service, even if you drop into the others from time to time. The reason for that is that, you know, We'll then know if you're not here. We'll miss you. We want to miss you. If you're all over the place, it's difficult to miss you. And the last one, that we have a great commission. The co-mission. Co-laboring with God. So let me land with this. What will you feed your soul? You do have a choice. You do have a choice about what you will feed yourself and an increasingly confused world. It is difficult. It's difficult to choose. But the things that God puts on the banqueting table for us are simple. But they are a joy and delight. I'm going to land by reading just a couple of verses from Isaiah and then we're, we're going to have, we're going to spend the whole of the rest of the time just worshipping together and you know, as we do that, you know, if, if some of you need to, to move out of the pew, 
I've given you permission. I mean, you don't need it. <laughs> but you have it. Okay? There, there, is, there is an aisle here. The carpet's quite good. It's good for doing dancing on. Okay? <laughs> anyway, enough of that. Will you stand? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these uh, verses as a, as a prayer. And then we'll worship some more. Father, help us to choose to feed ourselves with the good things that you've got for us. Come, all you who are thirsty. Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why spend your money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? The Lord says, listen, listen to me and eat what is good and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. In Jesus' name, Amen.